the plant-based foods uh, tend to have less inflammation. Mm -hmm. So like dairy causes inflammation and also meat. Uh, you can get like all the calories that you ever dreamed of from plant-based foods and without the inflammation. Hey everyone, how you all doing? My name's Robbie Marsh and I'm your host, so welcome to the podcast. Just in case you're wondering, I'm still here and intend to be for a while. I hope to get back to weekly podcasts as soon as I get over the hump of building the foundation of my mountaineering business. So I thank everybody for hanging on in and still following the podcast. Much appreciated. I'm actually doing a recording with Dave Proctor this afternoon on his 7,159 kilometer record run across Canada. And I happened to find a lost file we managed to record with one of my favorite ultra runners, Harvey Lewis, back in February of this year. So we're gonna knock that out now. Harvey was the former record holder for the backyard at the time. Man, there's a lot of water ran under the bridge since then. He's also a winner of the Badwater and competed in and competed in the Barclay Marathon not long after this interview. It's a short and sweet episode. I hope it keeps your appetite wet for what's to come. To all the crazy listeners out there, it's with great pleasure I give you Harvey Lewis. You, you got these reminders in life which just make you appreciate every day more and more and try and get as much out of it as possible. And, and that's one of the reasons why I think we lean towards the world of ultra running. Yeah, definitely. I'll agree with you. And it, yeah, especially uh, now, like at our age, I just feel it all the more to like try to savor the time with our, our family members, especially my parents. And uh, you know, ultras, uh, it, some could say they, they kind of, they, they do take time, but they also, you know, they kind of enrich our lives and make us uh, reflective, more reflective. Perhaps we have that opportunity to be out there in nature or out there. I feel like you, when you're pushing yourself, you you just get like uh, an opportunity to be more retrospective about life. So that's something special about it. Yeah. I, one thing that I've sort of found, I listened to a, a podcast earlier on that you had done. Um, and to me, something I was sort of picking up on was it was almost like you were experiencing, you weren't there to almost race. You were there to be in the actual experience of what was going on. And you really connected with everything that was going on. That really stood out. Um, somebody who else we had on was Johan Steen for like, and it sort of was a bit similar to that. And I think, you know, because you're, you're releasing the burden of all the baggage of what I have to do and this, you're just actually there enjoying the experience of the race. And that's, ex it's very innate. You know, it's exactly what your mind wants. Yeah, yeah, Yo Johan's really good at that. I know uh, he has a really good demeanor and uh, he just kind of, uh, it's one of those people that he's, definitely competitive um but he's also he will be one of the first people to offer you assistance mm -hmm. so he, he's uh he definitely is is more jovial and laid back with with even a very intense competition than being like you know uh the opposite of that just before the podcast i printed off your ultra sign up um, I know we haven't got much time, so I'm not going to dip too much sure. into it. Like, um, but bad water is one that jumps out. How many times have you done bad water? Yeah, so I've I've run bad water ten times uh, this this last summer, and and that was uh, I actually won it the tenth time. And I also won it back in 2014, and and this will be I'm going on the eleventh time of running that race this summer. What what is it draws you to races like that? Well, I I really like uh, races that have an an added edge to them. I mean, ultras 
have that in general. So you could say that almost about any ultra, but there are like certainly, you know, some, some iconic uh, ultras that really kind of uh, pit nature uh, against, you know, human or it should be sort of harmonious. And it wouldn't be like you're, you're, you're pitting against each other. Cause I feel like it's sort of like a harmonious thing, but uh, the, the races that, that really uh, those iconic races, I'm definitely drawn to like Badwater, the Arrowhead 135, like ba- uh, Big's Backyard Ultra, Barkley. They're definitely like some of those races are uh, a factor to them. Those type of races then that anything can happen, anything can go wrong. And you're, you are riding that fine line the whole way. And it could happen at mile 20 or mile 80 or the last mile. That's what draws you because it's, I suppose it's just a test of yourself. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. It's uh, it's, it's definitely a test. It, it's kind of neat because I, I really like doing a variety of specializations. So, you know, I, I've had early success in my ultra running career, like in terms of like the 24 hour race, I've been on the team um, more times and longer than anyone else in the, in America. Um, but uh, I think every, every team since like around 2011, uh, so over, over a decade now, but uh, I've really enjoyed spanning out and doing like challenging trail races like the Superior 100 in northern Minnesota, really hot races like Badwater to like a really cold race like Arrowhead, stage races, uh, Marathon de Sables, uh, Sables and, and also the Gobi Trail Ultra was really, really interesting. Uh, and now I do like personal journeys too, but yeah, I, I like the, the variety. Listen, I know we haven't got much time. Um, so we are going to jump into the backyard because we have a sure. phenomenal backyard just down the road from me. So Castle Ward, when you asked mm. me earlier um, where we are, so I'm just situated about 40 minutes drive from Castle Ward. Um, we had a fantastic backyard um, there last February where we had four people went over the 60 loops. Keith Russell won with 63 loops. And unfortunately, he couldn't join the World Championships, if you like last year because America didn't open the doors until a few weeks before that. Like, yeah. And I was actually meant to do the Barkley Classic as well. So I was hanging there going, please open up, please open up. Like, unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. But the backyards, for me, I know everyone knew from um, Badwater, but when everybody is now watching the backyard <laughs> and it's all interlinked to all these races like and all these fastest no times you've got all these amazing ultra runners who are really testing the limits of themselves but the one the one crazy thing that i'm enjoying interviewing people with is seeing the growth of not just the backyard the backyard's been amazing because it's, it's given us a platform that we can see it happen and learn off everybody but like I, re- I wrote down the distances that won that race. Like in 2012, it was 116 miles. You know, I think it was Johan broke the record in 2014 with 204 miles. Like it was like mind-blowing he broke the 200-mile mark. Is that something that you've sort of seen yourself? You know, that growth that comes through that and it's just everybody's just learning and building off each other. Yeah, most certainly. I mean, it's... Uh it's been really wild to see the evolution because I mean, it started off with just being a, a single singular event in Laz's backyard. And I remember Laz talking to me about it. And I think in maybe 2018, how he had this dream of it just growing everywhere. And I, I thought, yeah, this sounds like a good idea, but Laz, I'm not sure how that's all going to work and pull together. 
and uh, he, he was very like passionate about it, and 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 he created it in such a way that it's it's very uh, you know it's it's not like uh, people have to pay in to be a member. It's not like there's no crazy Iron Man price to it. <laughs> you know, it's like you you got like uh, incredible uh, opportunity for people to create their own races so long, so long as they follow the the uh, basics of like the structure of the uh, format. And that's been wild to see, like see, see the race just explode like that. And then the more people you have running and competing in it, it's just elevated the competition level. And uh, when I did the race in 2017 for the first time, I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, so we had people out there running. There was people that I was running with in the first morning that I really enjoyed, like uh, that were going for like their first half marathon or like they were, there was a lady I was running with going for first half marathon. There was a person going for like their first like ultra over a marathon distance. And that was really, really neat to be a part of like seeing, seeing that energy and enthusiasm in, in that first year, uh, Guillaume and I, the French runner, we ended up uh, surviving about 100 miles further than everyone else. And uh, we we started like, Lazarus just kept on plugging away. Oh, you know, you guys are going to go, maybe three, this race is going to go behind 300. And I'm just like, oh, this is, it, it, yeah, I think we got ourselves psyched out by, or I got myself psyched out by thinking like it's never going to end and uh, I got to get back to teaching and things like that. And I mentally went out versus physically went going out. But, uh, and, and uh, it was really you know, just a blast running with, with him and also the other runners. And uh, the race has changed tremendously. So now, I mean, it's it, you know, 2021, there there really is no one that's coming to the race uh, for bigs that isn't like hoping to go maybe 200 miles uh, at a minimum, you know, maybe, I mean, that's maybe the minimum. Like, I mean, something might happen to someone early on. And unfortunately one, one runner got like mis mixed up on a turn and got lost uh, early on. But otherwise, you know, you have almost everyone staying in like beyond like the, the day mark and, and then going in a day and a half and, and so, like, it, it, the more people you have later in the race, the the more probability it is the race will go further. So that that's one of the things that increases the probability. And so uh, it'll be interesting in October. I mean, you guys have a team that you're you're forging. I imagine for like the the world championship of teams. We we haven't had much talks on the American side, <laughs> so I'm not. The last time we did it, it was kind of uh, sprung into action. It felt like with some of the runners, we uh, had a couple people that were injured. So we ended up starting with like 13 runners. So uh, if, if we could line up with 15 runners are somewhat healthy, I think that'd be a lot of fun to compete with, with other teams. It's, it's mad like, isn't it? It's, it's the whole, the timing of it was perfect. And the way social media has blown up and this race as well like so everybody like oh it's a tiring few days for everybody whether you're in the race or not because you're sitting watching social media and you're getting up in the morning and you're like shit they're still at it like and 2021 was really unique i, I want to because we haven't got much time i want to really strip 2021 down because you had two assists you talked about the 2017 there and you obviously knew at the end of that race why what had happened 
Um, you had too many pressures at the other end of the race, which is never going to work. Um, if you've got work and X, Y, and Z, um, I, I've only done the race once and I had Labaretto coming up. So I knew I didn't want to burn myself out. So you know you're in trouble when you're going in with that mindset. Yeah, well, I think I, I, I think I kind of also use that for excuse you know what i mean i think it's like it was it, it was not it was something i could easily plug in like well okay you know i really need to like what am i doing i need to think about this but honestly i could keep going i could just called and said hey i need another sub <laughs> you guys have to and, and we're gonna I, i'll just take some unpaid leave whatever um so i mean if you want it badly enough you figure out how to make it happen and i, I didn't want it badly enough and guillaume wanted more than i did in 2017 and he won so he beat me um but uh you know that process uh, i learned in that process and and you're right it does help to have things set up you know be prepared like i would love to do this ohio backyard again that i did last spring but i can't because i'm uh, i'm doing another race i really want to do which is uh the barkley but uh you know, I, I'm not going to have, uh, if I wanted to do the one in Ohio, I wouldn't have any more time to utilize. So I'd only have like the opportunity to run for two days. And I know the races, yeah, I'm not going to run the race uh, if I can only run for two days because I, I know that races, you know, other people are going to come. If I'm running, they're going to want to go for much longer than that. And I don't want to have to leave the, the playground <laughs> early. Yeah. So it's mad. It's, uh, that, that, that's what it's came to now. You know, uh, you know, I don't want to leave early. I'm only going to be able to run for two days. That's what Lazarus Lake has now created. <laughs> they right, were having that right. type of conversation. You know, it's no longer running 100 miles in 16, 17, 18 hours. Like, yeah, no, if I have to cut out early two days, you know, that's just, that's how <laughs> right. mad it is. You know, if you, if you step outside and look into it, like, you know, it's absolutely mind-blowing. When was your next assist? Was that 2020? That was the team events, wasn't yeah, it? It was actually 2020 with Courtney. Yeah, yeah so right. uh courtney uh went to two i went to 277 and she went to 281 and uh again it's like i gave up mentally physically i mean i was feeling it but you know it's like uh i threw in the towel mentally uh before i like timed out so yeah it's uh th those were like uh definitely it was a great experience i enjoyed running with courtney like you know we had that was one of my favorite races in the sense of uh, collaborating. Like, I mean, uh, Courtney and I, we've been on the 24-hour team uh, a couple times before. And it, just like Yohan, I mean, I know Yohan really well too, but uh, Courtney and I, we, we've been on a team before. So we kind of like, it, it felt like we were kind of more working together to get further distances versus like, oh, I hope that person goes out. You know, it's like, I think in 2021, with Mori Mori and Chris and I, it was definitely much more like contentious. <laughs> like I mean, it's just uh, the first day was very laid back. Everyone's like, you know, it's a, a fiesta style like atmosphere. But I remember when we got to the third day, it wasn't we wanted anyone to get, you know, I don't want them to get hurt or anything like. But we were very competitive. Each of us wanted to win the race. And so we were, uh, it, it didn't feel the same way as it felt with Courtney. Like with Courtney and I, we were just much more like giving high fives to each other, you know, like, hey, yeah, yeah, go, 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 you know, get, get. And uh, this year was much more like, like the, uh, the ten, tense, tension you might feel between like two football teams. 
<laughs> going head to head in the final game. Is that the main focus, obviously, to win? Like, but um, do you want that person to keep on going, or do you want that person to drop out? Want to, not to jump ahead, like where I'm massively jumping ahead now to the end of the race, but just to pick up on what you've said there, because it can be disappointing when the assist drops out for some people because they're still feeling so strong. Right. I think that, you know, when you get to that place, you definitely, uh, there's a mix of feelings. So you, you want to win the race, but on the other hand, you, you feel like, uh, well, maybe we could even go much further. So, you know, it's like, you just have to be grateful for whatever, you know, whatever comes about. You know, it's like even if you're, you know, Chris Roberts' perspective or Maury Maury's perspective, I mean, they ran some incredible race. And, you know, even though they weren't the final person standing, like they put in their best efforts and like they really, really just gave it an incredible intensity. So, I mean, they, they have nothing but like pride and like they, they should feel nothing but pride about what they accomplish. So all three of you went past 80 loops. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. Um, third place was three. I think it was three hundred and thirty-three miles. I think yeah, it was around about I think that. So, maybe about that. Yeah. And um, like it was only when I was interviewing Maggie, we were, the conversation was about, are we going to break the three hundred mile mark? And it was only a matter of yeah. time, obviously, that somebody was going to do that. But to have there's a huge shift in the last two years. I don't know what's happened, but just went when you've got three like our backyard, we had four people over sixty loops, which is absolutely mind-blowing like and like in the i'm gonna call it the world championships because that's what Laz calls it now so um you know we had three people going over 80 that's just absolutely mind-blowing and i remember dave proctor saying to me you know this race may never end <laughs> it could come to the point where it never ends that they finally lock it down and understand you know all the little tricks of the trade through the backyard just move out there like a monk. <laughs> you just like, yes, yeah, it's transcendental type experience. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Like, yeah. So talk to me about the lead up to that then. What do you, because we have the backyard. I'm going to release this on the eve of our backyard start and to give a few guys a few things to listen to. So, Well, then at first I'll say is like, I wish everyone running just they have a great time. And, you know, it's a, number one is like just connecting with people, connecting with uh, yourself and learning something through the experience and and just uh you know being present with whatever that moment is bringing whether it's uh you know clouds and rain or you know stars or it's uh you can hear some animals off in the nature or it's the sunlight hitting you you know it's uh it's just a it's nice to feel alive yeah 100 percent. and it helps to have or to be thankful for the people out there volunteering and everybody's got crews that come along as well you know so god, god help them at least you're getting to socialize and change i remember the first year i went to watch it and you've seen everybody come in you know i went down to watch the 24 hours so that was great seeing everybody come in in after the 24th loop and they'll mm. go away and you stand chatting next you know you're like oh well they're going to be back in 15 minutes so I might as well hang around next you know you're there half a day again you're like damn it's so addictive to sit there and watch that but coming in coming in so you see your pack for 2021 so everybody comes in with their boxes of food or shoes or whatever they've got squirrel nut butter anything at all <laughs> um what does yours look like Starting with your fuel box, like what sort of things you have in that? Because like I did, I did a race there on the weekend, uh, last weekend. It was 60k, 
and I never even went into my fuel pack. They had um, hmm. some hot food at the checkpoint and that's all I could eat. For some reason, my head went, I don't want anything in my pack. It's too dry. I don't want it tonight. Interesting. Um, yeah. But the race was, the race started at half 10 at night. So it was through the night. So I put it down to that's what the reason was. Um, mm -hmm. What What do you have in your box from a fueling perspective? Because especially for that length of time, like is somebody going to get more reserves for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I have amazing crew chief, uh, Judd Poindexter. And my, my buddy Judd, we actually met in Marathon de Sabos. And uh, we were both racing in it, and he's been my crew chief at Badwater, where I won. And he's also uh, been with me every year at okay. Big's Backyard, where I've, I've been in there to go far. So he's, uh, he comes, it looks like, uh, like we're moving in. And I mean, I, I was planning on basically like irritating Laz and, and uh, you know, his wife, like, when's Harvey going to leave? He just set up to like, did he move in? <laughs> <laughs> so that was part of the, the whole premise of like, you know, make, make sure I was ready to move in. But uh, I, I do have a lot of food. So, I mean, I, I go to my three favorite grocery stores the week before. I mean, I go to like Costco, uh, I go to like Trader Joe's, uh, like Whole Foods, which is kind of pricey, but I just get all the things that I like are my favorites. Good quality and, treats. Uh, yeah, not all of them are like healthy, I would say. Like, you know, I wouldn't be eating them on a typical basis because I'm really focus on just getting enough calories mm. but one thing that does uh give me an advantage that uh, i feel is that i i don't i eat all plant-based foods and uh, it's kind of amazing because i notice other runners getting really swollen like ankles and things like that and my the the uh the plant-based foods uh tend to have less inflammation so like dairy causes inflammation and also meat uh you can get like all the calories that you ever dreamed of from plant-based foods and without the inflammation and then the other thing is it's um my dig digestion like i didn't get sick once and i ate i believe i ate more than anyone i mean i, I really think i did uh and and it yeah so like i mean i had things like um uh, and I had things that weren't that, you know, weren't like I'd be eating them on a daily basis, like things like chips and um, vegan muffins. I mean, some laps I eat like, I eat like 900 calories of vegan muffins all in one sitting in like a matter of like five minutes. Some, I usually take like some dried fruit with me or I mean, something that I can hold in my hand, like a handful of chips or whatever it might be that I could like eat on a hill like walking up a hill, like, you know, um, cause that Laz's property is, a, it's got some technical areas and also has some elevation in it. So, I mean, the elevation part, you know, you got, you got to walk up a hill for like, you know, whatever I might, yeah, versus running up that hill. So I'm not just like chew up on that food, um, a little bit, but don't choke and don't, you know, <laughs> don't die by choking. Um, but yeah, this, uh, in bad water, I eat more a lot, a lot more liquid calories, like with Tailwind, and I have like uh, you know, vegan smoothies and things like that. Um, but other th soups were really great, like uh, things like uh, miso soup with noodles. Uh, also, like 
vegan mashed potatoes with gravy or vegetable broth because it's easier to digest. The vegetable broth can bring you back from the dead. It's really good because <laughs> of the like sodium. And then I also have like uh, if I'm I'm having a nine one one, like I have like a, a a the coconut water that's really super high quality. It's called Harmless. I'm, they're not a sponsor, but like it's really pricey. <laughs> so I don't drink a lot of that. But if I want to just have a nice treat, like I I can drink that, and it's like full of electrolytes. It's incredible. Full of electrolytes. Yeah, it's amazing. Really good quality. Uh, vegan pudding and uh, vegan like uh, yogurt. I mean, that stuff it digests with no problem whatsoever. Just focused it's on like, getting as many calories in as possible whenever you can. Is that is that your main? Oh meal? yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because I know like it's a matter. Of, there's there's several several things that go into the equation, and and like uh, you know, ability to absorb calories is one of the big elements that goes into the full equation. Is that something that you, because obviously you do a lot of long distance races, like, but is that something you train your body to do? Because it's one thing, like I'm in UTMB this year and my biggest worry is food and being able to keep the food going in for maybe 40 hours. Like that's, that's double what I can actually manage at the minute. And I'm trying to stay. That's great. Yeah. I'm trying to stay. I'm people laugh at me saying this i'm the worst plant-based eater in the world like but i i'm back about 99.5 percent plant-based and already i can feel the difference as well you know all the bloats disappear your recovery comes a lot quicker you're more energized sleep better you know all those it's nice so one thing i've never done is adapt that to my race so it was great hearing you say that you know and that's that's my strategy over the next six months is to try and train that um, but you're eating a lot of food, like so. What, when you're out in your training runs, yeah. are you eating a lot of food, or no? I, I mean, I think you can accomplish the same ends by maybe doing it like twice a month, uh, or you know, if it just becomes like some people, they have it like is it's kind of a uh, it's it's built into their regimen that they would never dream of eating food and then running, like because it feels like yeah, it's just not something you do. Well, for me, it's like since I run back and forth to work every day, so I'm on my way home, I might just stop and eat a full burrito, like big giant burrito from Chipotle, beans and rice, guacamole. I'll eat it and I'll smash that and I'll just go run like the blazes. And that doesn't bother me at all. But it's like uh, that didn't happen automatically. You do have to kind of adapt your body to like you know, eating like that and then you can do it easier and then you start doing it like in temperature like. To do that in like a heat environment is much more difficult. So like if I'm in bad water, I actually arrange my calories to be much more like uh, easily consumable that they're like either in like a soupy type of format or something that's like not a hard, like not firm that digests easier. The hotter temperature is harder to do that with. But uh, that's that's really interesting. And it, it, you know, you write down like I write down a list of everything that I know of that works and I in and then I expand that list I don't do that for like most most of my uh a lot of my races I do like Arrowhead or not Arrowhead uh Long Haul 100 I did that like a a couple weeks back in Florida and it's a hundred mile race where you have an uh basically access to an aid station every like five miles, four miles at the ma- like maximum distance. So for going there, I-, I brought like this little tiny bag. I think I had uh, maybe some coconut water, uh, some tailwind, 
and I think I had a bag of chips and like some Abe's muffins, vegan muffins. And that's it. That's all I had. And it was just this little bag. When I go, when I go to Biggs and I go to Biggs, I bring a, I bring like two suitcases of like stuff. I'm, I'm not messing around. I bring like more stuff than you would ever dream of. I have more stuff than anyone there. And that doesn't mean that you actually do, you'll, you'll win if you have the most stuff because Laz was like making fun of people that had a lot of stuff. He's like, look at Chris Roberts. He only has like a little bag. See, I bet Harvey's the same way. <laughs> he didn't know that I had all that stuff. But I had a lot of food. I, I, I like having a lot of food. You know, you want to be able to like have a little bit. For me, I like diversity. I know some people, they want to eat like the same four or five things the whole time. I get tired of that. Like after maybe, you know, 16 hours of one thing, I want to eat something else and they rotate around. Like that makes it more enjoyable to me. Yeah, I, I'm actually a mountain guide in our local mountain range here. So we do some big challenges, so about eight, eight, well, 12 hour challenges. And I always eat, I'm the guide, and I always eat twice as much as everybody else. And I don't need to because I do it all the time. And um, what I always try and say to people is, if you lay out what you eat on an ordinary day when you're not doing this event, that's a lot of food on the table. So you need to eat that at least, oh, yeah. plus what you're going to burn that day and replace those calories. But it must be the biggest mistake in ultra running, you know, how much calories were taken during the race. And yeah. Especially in a social event. You know, we're yeah. now going to call the first 24 yeah, hours social. conscious of it. Do you have a you target? You have to be really conscientious of it. Do you have a target per hour or do you just? Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of like, it, it kind of depends on the race. And like, uh, you know, some races, I don't give it much thought. Like long haul, I did two weeks ago. I just totally winged it. Uh, it it, it was a little more of a, you know, it was out of town. I actually drove there like 13 hours before the race. Or, or I drove, I, I, no, okay, let me back up. <laughs> so what happened? My flight was supposed to leave at 4 p.m. And the, the we've been having some challenges with COVID and they're canceling all these flights. So my flight got canceled. It was like 4 p.m. And I looked on my phone. There were no more flights out of Ohio to Florida. So I ended up driving 13 and a half hours to no get way. to the race in Florida. Yeah, I had about 40 minutes nap and then I ran the race. And uh, I ended up winning, which was kind of wild, but uh, it was totally, I totally want, like winged it. And uh, when I was, I wasn't uh, eating enough, like the first two thirds of the race, I was just kind of like, uh, just drink a little bit and, I really didn't try to, to, to be dialed in in terms of like my nutrition. I was also kind of thinking that it was good simu simulation for Barkley to be a little bit nutrition deprived and then having to like work through that. But uh, for an A race I really care about, I really think about what I'm eating. And uh, you know, so I definitely have it in my mind. I'm not gonna like, it, it bigs, I'm not gonna like have a lap where I only eat like 200 calories over an hour. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna eat, make sure I eat more than that or drink combination of the two. I'm gonna absorb more calories than that because you know, those things like really do make a giant impact. Yeah. But if I'm just running a 50K race, it's a regional race and I don't really think much of it. I might just have like, I, I'm, and if I'm training, like I, I, I very much, I, I, people be like, what, you know, because I ran like five hours last weekend all through like the hills and this rural area of Ohio and the 
like three inches of snow and I, I didn't have any drinks or food or nutrition or anything. I just grabbed a couple, you know, like quite handfuls of snow. That's quite like, interesting though. Do you know what I mean? Like when your body's used to taking on so many calories, but you're able to adapt the opposite because generally your body, you know, whatever way you train your body, your body wants to go down that path. I found when I, if I'm training with a lot of sugar, when I'm racing, I need a lot of sugar or if I don't, you know, I don't need that, but you're, you're yeah. able to adapt. But then you never stop running. So you're just, <laughs> your, your body's just adapted to becoming a running machine. Like you have like the amount of races that you've done long distance, but you, you virtually run every day. Yeah. I, I run every day. Uh, like over the last maybe seven years, there's only been one week where I took off and that was after like the 2019 world championship. I had like done a number on my Achilles and I just needed to give it a few days to like uh, recuperate. But uh, you know, it, it actually, you know, even though I could run a race with like minimal fuel, I wouldn't do as well. So like, you know, even air, uh, or long haul two weeks ago, like I knew I was getting um, behind on my nutrition and I could tell it in terms of my, my energy level. Like, so, you know, I, I could have, if I, if I had to, I could run long haul and I, I could probably run that winter like race with just like, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I probably, I, I run lots of marathons without like any liquids or calories. I mean, I could probably run that race, a hundred mile race with just very minimal, like just maybe less than a two liter of some liquid of some sort. I don't know. And no food or anything. But if I did that, I would be going a lot slower. You know, that would slow me down like three or four hours. Who knows? I don't know how much, but so it's the thing. It's like, if you fuel your body, you're going to do, even if I don't train that, like actually it's kind of, I'm not telling people to go train like that, but it's kind of, uh, it trains my body to be able to pull out, uh, when I get into a situation where I am like behind on like nutrition. So like, it's like doing that. I train my body to be able to pull out of like situation because i i'm also used to to running with with nothing at times it's very important to be from what i'm hearing anyway um, in tune with what your body's telling you yeah if it needs more it calories is. it you is know, you, and it's because listen the modern day we overthink too much you know and we talked about you know when you're you're racing there just being in the race and enjoying the environment and listening to your body and just enjoying the whole experience that helps you you can hear a lot more about what's going on internally and understand what your body needs yes absolutely absolutely when you're fueling them fluids is a, a key thing i'm hearing you know when you're talking about your soups and your tailwind any opportunity you can get especially electrolytes then what are, what's your thoughts around that because you know a small dropping electrolytes in your body and you are sweating like no matter how slow or fast you're going like we'd lose a lot of salt through these events there's absolutely no doubt about it and that can have a significant impact on performance so what are you doing to manage that yeah so it, it really depends a lot on the temperature outside so like you know in the nighttime it's not really an issue and even like at uh big's backyard it can get a little warm uh for that time of year in October, it can still get up to like 73, which is not bad water. You know what I mean? I'm kind of used to like running in like 120 degrees. Yeah. But the thing is, is once you've been running for two days, your body has that difficult time uh, adapting to the temperature fluctuations. So in regulating your body temperature, 
so it's it really it then it really makes a big impact to make sure you're you're drinking you know at least half of your liquids electrolytes you know uh that's kind of my general rule is like that half of my liquids are electrolytes and really i i pretty much strive for that throughout the race but i know i drink uh i'm kind of weird like I know most people drink a lot more water. Like I never drink water in the race unless I'm brushing my teeth. Like I'm always drinking drinks with calories. And uh, that's just because uh, it's just my style that what I found is like uh, trying to get the most calories. It helps me to get more calories that way. But sometimes that can irritate people's stomach if they're, they're not used to that. So they should, you know, gradually, you know, build in that direction. So going into the, this year's, oh, sorry, we've crossed over now in <laughs> January 2022, which is absolutely mind-blowing as well. Like, But um, going into last year's backyard, like, did you think about winning that race? And did you think, you know, I'm, I need to break the world record here if I'm going to win the race this year? Was that a thought? Yeah, I was thinking uh, I was going to win the race. I was predetermined to win the race, but winning uh, the race and, and getting the back uh, the the world record, I I did not think of that at all. Like, I mean, it just uh, I was just determined to be the last person standing, and uh, I didn't know how far that was going to be. So I I didn't even think about the world record. Uh, and then once we were collaborating and. Chris Roberts uh, and I and Maury, Maury, we got to that place and it was like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of neat. Where, where is that world record? So, yeah, it was it was neat once we got there, but uh, that wasn't on my mind. 80 loops. Like, how did that feel when you all crossed 80 loops? Is it? I know it must be yeah, a Yeah, it was thing, a real cause... rush. You know, it was really a rush. Yeah, your mind's somewhere else. You know, I, I think, uh, yeah, we were, you know, we were tired, but like there was like, with each of those special like uh, milestones, there was like a special elation uh, with with having achieved that, which uh, further fueled us forward. The first time that you had, or the backyard had actually seen a third sunrise. Uh, let's see here. No, it, I think it was. yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, 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 you're right. So <laughs> I think you're right. Like, you're how, right. yeah, how, how that's did, correct. How did that's a bit crazy? Like, but how did that feel then going into that? third sunrise like do you feel the energy coming up along with the sun uh, yeah yeah the, the every yeah it seems like that's always something we feel with ultra running you know you get that special energy that comes with the rising sun and uh going into the fourth day yeah it just seemed like wow you know we we did it we got through past the 300 and then more and more and i we we started getting uh kind of feisty and uh we, we were like starting to sprint through the the uh run up the hill and that we'd been walking up for the last couple of days and then start sprinting through the camp and making all kinds of hollering and making people wonder what in the world was going on <laughs> so you sort of lost your sound yeah. a little bit <laughs> oh oh well i was saying that maury maury and i we we got a little like uh carried away a little feisty and we we started running up the hill we'd been walking up and started sprinting through the camp and hollering and making all kinds of noise making people wonder what in the world was going on uh so yeah we got we got some new um bolts of electricity but how uh, how is that even po how is that possible though like on the fourth day do you know what i mean like how, yeah like what were you doing were you resting in between each of the loops or like i know johan used to he used to put like a towel over his head and just 
black out the world and then socialize on the loops and just black out the world um <laughs> but it seems to work doesn't it when you're going past that two-day mark yeah yeah you know you you it's like uh it's kind of like what you experience in a marathon only exaggerated you know you get through you can have like those lows and highs in a marathon and like with this backyard format they you can experience that even like at a greater like ele- uh, a greater level, you know, and so it's, 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 uh, it's a bit of a, like a, a journey of, of self-discovery and also discovery of the human, like, uh, capacity, you know, what, what is, uh, where we are in the world today, we're so, uh, disconnected with our roots and it's, it's kind of amazing when you think about what early humans had to do in order to survive the great migrations they made, uh, just the elements, the climates, all the things that have gone into the you know, human experience. And, and this is just uh, a nice little interesting sport that's, that's uh, evolving and growing. And it's so neat to have people like that are doing the same uh, thing in I, you know, Northern Ireland and uh, you know, often Israel, Japan. Dubai, all everywhere. over the world. Yeah. You could almost yeah. call it the reawakening. That's almost what it is. <laughs> We're tapping back into um, this innate sense and ability that we've always had. And more and more so as we get linked into social media and all of these distractions in the world, we actually lose you know, our ability as human beings. And a race is, this race is like an onion. You know, It's just stripping it back and stripping it back. And it's like, wow, look what these people are doing. But years ago, <laughs> when we were trying to survive, like we had all of these instincts. And it's one thing Laz is really good at, is sort of poking people at that. He's, he's a very clever individual from that perspective. And that's where his mindset's at. Yes. Winning the race gets you into the Barclay. Now, How about that? That is just <laughs> like... I remember John Kelly won the race and Laz apologized to him. And he said, sorry, John, you didn't get to see how far you could go because <laughs> he beat right. the Barkley. And that's uh, just, that's Laz all over. Like, it's such a big race, the Barkley. <laughs> um, John right. Kelly, obviously the last person to finish the race, who was a local <laughs> lad to the, to the park as well, um, who's doing some amazing things over in England at the minute. Um, what's your thoughts about going into that event? Like, is it excitement mm. nervousness is it everything yeah a little bit everything is definitely uh exciting and i am nervous it's a good nervous it's it's good to be uh it's been some time since i've really had like little uh little anxiety about you know some element of a race you know so it, this race is is really so tough because uh you know, it would be even if you had a marked course, mm. I think that it would still be tough. And I'm not sure you know, what the finishing rate would be. I mean, I think more people would finish if it was marked. But the, the fact that it's, you know, an unmarked course and all you get is this rudimentary map and a compass and like a, a timepiece that Laz, you know, gets in Walmart. <laughs> yeah, it's it makes it very difficult. You know, like uh, you get all the none of us have any idea what time the race will start, you know, what kind of weather it could be eight degrees and a foot of snow or it could be, you know, uh, 
75 degrees and humid, or it could be 34 degrees and rainy and this dense fog like we've never seen in our lives. So it has all this range of like you missed, possible... You missed the thunder and lightning there, by the way. Uh, yeah, and then the thunder <laughs> and lightning with the trees falling yeah. and you have to dodge each way. Yeah, that, that's uh, the truth. You know, so the... Uh, it, I, I, I'm right now, I, I'm, I'm concerned about the things that I, I have. I guess I'm kind of concerned about trying to... Uh, the navigating in, in the fog and the dark. And it's like, so I could be totally physically prepared, but then you can make a mental mistake by doing something like that, you know, you shouldn't while you're looking at, you know, making a, a, a wrong angle or you're trying to find these books are hidden in certain spots. And like, it's hard to interpret what the heck Laz is saying through his cryptic language. So you're, you know, and I'm fortunately, I speak English. So I mean, I can't even imagine coming there, you know, with English as my mm -hmm. second or third language and, or not speaking English at all and just trying to figure out what in the world. Yeah, I've, I've actually uh, done a bit of my homework already. And I, I have been out to the park now, uh, let's see, uh, four times. So, and in that, in th those experiences, I'm just like, I can't imagine if I just came and showed up the first time, like just showed up and never had been out here. Because in my four times, there's a big puzzle. And I've put like some of the little pieces together on the edges, but there's a bunch of missing pieces in the middle and, and all over the place. Like I probably got like, you know, 8% of the puzzle in my mind. But but there's people that are gonna come that they've never seen anything, and I just cannot believe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I just can't imagine being in that situation. It's great, by the way, to hear you preparing for this race as if it's like your first half marathon. But like the friggin' Barkley, like fourteen thousand feet a loop. Have you done much to prepare yourself for that? Because five loops is seventy thousand feet. It's I'm trying. <laughs> so I'm, I'm running more uh, elevation, more vertical than I ever have before outside of doing the Appalachian Trail. But uh, it's really tough to the Barkley is uh, purposely last creates such a race. It's like you uh, you could injure yourself if you you, you you have to ride that line of like you're trying to push as hard as the motor will go without breaking the vehicle. <laughs> so. That's the key. So, I mean, to show up healthy for Barkley would be as important as, you know, showing up and having run some gargantuan number of like miles. And, you know, so it's like you have to find like a sweet balance. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pushing the envelope. Uh, it, it's been fun because it sharpened my skills. Like now I can just run up hills a lot easier than I ever have in my whole life. And also, like, I mean, I just, I don't even think about trails anymore. I could just go right, run through the middle of the woods. And it's like, I never thought of that before. Before yeah. I'd be like, where's the trail? And I'm like, just, just right, right there. And I'll just go, boom, like right through there. <laughs> like, I like, I like that. I like, feel like a wild animal. Just run right on through the woods. Don't need a trail or anything like that. Are you feeling any pressure after winning the backyards? Because nobody wants to go out in the first loop, but it can happen to anybody. Do you know what you're I mean? right i you're, mean you're the king of the backyard and it's like well i have to at least get to the fun run like you must feel that pressure 
Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Laz told me that I'm like the uh, sacrificial lamb, and I don't know if he's just <laughs> messing with me or what. So, it's it is what it is, you know. So, uh, yeah, I I don't like. Uh, I certainly hope I don't like get lost on the first book, <laughs> you know, or you know, but it, anything can happen. You just gotta try your best. You could have like, you could literally you know, sprain your ankle so nasty on like the first hill, whatever. I mean, you try not to do that. You try your best to like just yeah. execute. But there, there is a little pressure. I mean, there's a, a lot of people now that follow me and they're like, you know, they, they would like to see me. You know, I'd love to like, you know, uh, to, to, to meet their match. Like, you know, I'd love to see, see me like get really far or finish a race. You know, I mean, I'm going to go and, and with the intent of like doing my very best and leaving it all out there and, you know, this far reaching dream of finishing a race. But, uh, you know, each lap I finish, I'll be grateful for that lap. If I can finish lap one, I'll be grateful. If I can finish lap two, I'll be grateful and so on and so on. Because you've 12 hours for a loop. Isn't yeah. It? And then, yeah. then it, the dynamic changes once you hit the fun run. Yeah, no, it's 12, you know, you have uh, actually like, I think it's like 12 hours and 40 minutes for like the first loop or it might be even, uh, it's somewhere, you got a little bit longer, but on, on average, you have to average 12 hours oh, yeah, that's right, for yeah. a loop. Yeah, uh, over the whole thing. So I know, you know, a lot of the runners uh, that are like, like John Kelly and the, um, uh, Gary, I know that they, they were doing like about eight hour laps and then they slowed down like, you know, last couple laps, which I mean, everyone's going to have a slowdown factor. I don't know. It's, it, it, it's a, there's going to be some strategy, but I'm also like, there's only 40 of us running and uh, it would be so nice to be able to team up with some people, but mm. it's like, I, it seems impossible to do that because everyone, it, it, unless you you really have a, a, a strong bond with someone. It's, it's hard to do that because everyone's kind of moving at different paces. It so is, it is the hope though, isn't it? It is the hope that you it, can get into a group because obviously yeah, more minds together. Yeah. If I, if I was, uh, if I was the fastest runner, uh, climbing and going down, I would purposely slow down, uh, just so I could have more people like with me because you have a higher probability of, of catching the right routes I feel or seeing the books. But uh, I don't feel like I'm the fastest runner going up and down the mountain. No, I mean, like, uh, but I, my, my, my strength is, is in, in endurance and survival for long periods and uh, pacing myself. But so I, I, I may have to push myself faster than I really want to in the first lap or two to try to like stay with some of those people that, Perhaps it could help me in terms of navigating a little bit, but I may end up being just by myself. I may, who knows? <laughs> I'm actually meant to be doing the Barkley Classic this year. This will be the th okay. third year that it's ruled over, so I still have that. Interesting. Yeah, I'm looking. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get over this September. Um, yeah, it is only a couple of weeks after UTMB, which is means I'll be in good form. That's what that means. <laughs> right. Exactly. Happy well That's trained. a good attitude. Right. Um, That's a good attitude. So, yeah, so listen, we'll wrap it up at that. Harvey, I know we're tight for time today. Um, we'll maybe follow back up after the Barclay and see how you got on with that. I know it's, I've done a couple of interviews on it. We've had a couple of I Irish contestants there, Ian Keith and Billy Reid. It's a very difficult race to mm. interview about, 
because there's so so much hush hush and we tip tiptoe around it but the the social media following and you know the race that eats us young and and all of those cliches that come with that ian actually broke his collarbone during yes. the race in a second poor, rough poor guy <laughs> yeah. shoot um, but one of Ireland's best he made two loops and Billy Reid um, was with Nicky Spinks who's a phenomenal endurance athlete as well they got caught out by the weather you know the temperature change yeah. and they were almost yeah, hypothermic so in the evening um, mm-hmm. so listen we wish you all the best I know it's be around March April time I don't want to say anything more more than that there's almost that aspect of uh, you need to go in and learn so much. It's gonna, you yeah. know, right from the off, you know, normally you learn after one or two races. You have to learn after the first loop <laughs> and then the second loop, yeah. and you have to carry yeah. that carry that through the event. And hope, hopefully, you can you can go far and actually. Yeah, yeah, it's it'd be, great, uh, well, it'd, be, it'd be great to shake Laz's hand in the end instead of get listening to the bugle. That that is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all the best to everyone that's going to be running this Backyard Ultra tomorrow. I mean, that, that is super exciting. And we'll be certainly following you. Lots of people will be following from around the world. And uh, go get it. You know, Go for your personal best and uh, have fun with it. Don't fail in the chair. <laughs> don't, don't fail in the chair. Harvey, thanks a lot. Um, Thank you. We got, we got Thank there. you we, so much. We got there it's always end. a pleasure, man. I, I had a great time coming over there uh, in 2017, and, and uh, the people are always super friendly. Really enjoyed listening to Harvey. I have to apologize to him for losing the file, but like any endurance event, we managed to scrape across the finish line, which is all that truly matters. Next week, we have Dave Proctor on the podcast. Can't wait to hear about the adversity that he had to overcome with this challenge. The pure perseverance and determination that Dave has is totally infectious. So I'm glad to say once again, until next week, stay safe and keep on moving.